Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jules Gill, I have one question and one question oh, only. I dread it. I dread it. What is it? What it's is not. It? It's not. This is on the, the lips of everybody. The burning lips. Do you pick a quality mode or a performance mode more more often when, you, when you're playing games? I think this is the, the conversation <laughs> of the day. Well, it's a conversation for bloody peasants, mate. Because <laughs> I tell you this, what? Because I've got a PC, so I don't need to switch between the two of them. Plus, uh, I, actually, I, I'm joking, by the way, guys. Don't burn me at the stake here. <laughs> I don't have a PS5 or an Xbox Series, whatever one we're on now, because... Mm. The PC that I've got is uber powerful. I don't have to choose. I have both quality and performance going on right now. My on, frame on rates are my frame rates are smooth. They're liquid, right. buttery smooth, and they're <laughs> ultra settings. How does it taste? Your draw distance isn't working, though, is it? You've got everything's all blurry, and it's like you got to change all the sliders and everything. I, I don't play on PC. I'm sorry, but... mate. Is your, is your complaint that you have too many options, Mister? Yes. Well, to be fair, you did only just discover the big light philosophy. So, like, I tell you. What, <laughs> I would say, all joking aside, that the big question is, I would have it at a smoother frame rate. I totally would. Okay. Like, I think I think that if you can, I want stable frame rates. I want it to be, I wouldn't care if I couldn't see uh, the smiling smug face of an ant 50 yards away in the background of Spider-Man 2. I mm-hmm. would just want it to run so smoothly that I would lose myself in the motion, the kinetic frenzy. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's my side. Like, I get people who like the quality modes, but the frame... Now that I've made the jump from 60 FPS, and I remember our own Rich Hudson uh, back on What Culture like a few years ago saying that he couldn't believe that, you know, he had to, like, 30 felt horrible, and I was yeah. like, what do you mean? It's completely fine. But since tasting 60, there is no going back. So I'm very much a performance guy these days. Uh, I'm just going to throw in a few, a few uh, comments here. But this is mainly coming from the fact that Starfield has been confirmed to run at 30 FPS. But I should just interrupt you, my friend, because people might have tuned into this and not have a clue who we are <laughs> and what we're doing. What once again, the UBP, the Untitled Banter podcast is off yes. to a bloody good start, crashing through your window and throwing pies all over the face. Kicking your doors down, I'm Scott Tilford, that's Jules Gill. <laughs> all right, Goofner. Join some, join some custard. And uh, yeah, so we always go into whatever people's uh, questions, talking points in the industry are. And like I said, there's a whole thing this week with Starfield after being at the Xbox Showcase, confirmed to only be running at 30 FPS, even if it's running at 4K that, on Series that. X, sparking a whole debate over quality versus performance, which is in itself a carryover from 
from a conversation that's doing the rounds in the industry anyway as to whether um, 60 FPS games are ever going to be reliable at 4K and uh, and the idea of 8K resolutions and everything else. So um, a few people um, you know sent some stuff in about this. Uh, Willie Arreya says, do we really care about 4K or would you rather have 1080p as long as they can ensure 60 FPS as a baseline? I'm finding it weird that they immediately skip towards 4K before having 60 FPS as the norm. Well, I totally agree with you, but you've got to look at how big most people's TV screens are nowadays. I mean, mm. they're huge. We're talking like like 80, 100,000 inches. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's the size of a planet itself. And once you upscale that 1080p to the size of most uh, modern televisions in your living room, it does look a bit bleary. It does look yeah. a bit smudged. And I, like, I can understand why we've gone 4K because it is a huge selling point. And I won't lie, on some games, it does look absolutely brilliant, like so yeah. sharp that you could cut yourself on, and that is absolutely <laughs> fine. So, but when it comes to Starfield, I don't know if maybe my, uh, if I'm going to sound like a bit of a hypocrite to what I started the podcast with, maybe mm. they'll do it in such a way that it will invoke that atmospheric connection between the human mind and cinema experiences. It will have a cinematic feel because obviously that's 24 frames a second, isn't it? Cinematic. Yes, stuff. the cinema, yeah. So maybe it'll be trying to convince you of that. I mean, maybe it's just because they couldn't get the tech demo running. And maybe, <laughs> maybe there's going to be more than a few bugs to keep you occupied rather than worrying about whether or not it runs at 30 frames. Whether it runs is probably the bigger question well, well, that I'll thing. be asking. I mean, it's already been pushed and back. And Todd will just point to his little watch, just like, yeah, but it came with this, though. It came with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at the this? time. Look at the time. Go nice little smart watch. Yeah, my thing is, like, it, as long as it's consistent, I'm okay. Like, a consistent 30 is fine. A consistent 28 might be fine as long as, it's sim- as, long as it stays the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's more about how much it jumps around and stuff. Um, question, oh, sorry, uh, another comment on this from Kevin who said when Redfall came out it was destroyed for only being 30 FPS but when mm-hmm. Starfield announced it would also be 30 the internet seemed to accept it and move on um, also from Pinky who says if a game doesn't have a solid 60 FPS option I won't buy it God of War Ragnarok managed to hit up to an 80 FPS mm-hmm. on a variable refresh rate TV and it still looked amazing it even manages 40 FPS in quality mode why are we going backwards? It's a tough one isn't it because it's so hard to program a game full stop and then adding in yeah. all of these on top of it like the way that starfield has been framed it is huge it's going to be a resource hog so again i will echo what scott says if it locks itself at 30 frames per second but it actually delivers quality content in terms of gameplay experience then Mm. i will definitely put up with it i just i worry though that it won't and if you have already braced your audience for let's say mild disappointment with a 30 (laughs) fps and it won't even hit that then Mm. that's gonna be a really tough selling point there what do you think of like the the overall like the idea that we can't have 4k 60 stuff like do you think like like that idea because you said on pc obviously that there's the hardware frees it up yeah i think that in terms of like the thing that pinky's talking about god of war is so well optimized but that's because it's only on one platform yes starfield is now but like assumedly across that game's entire dev cycle it would have been multi-platform at some point Mm -hmm. it's not from the ground up just for xbox but i guess whatever the bethesda's next game is uh could be but like optimization is obviously a big part of it but then on the pc there's so many different like hardware skews and everything so it's even harder to nail it down but it's like do we just accept that 30 is the way and then try and make things look beautiful i way prefer responsiveness so i would rather they sacrifice fidelity um you know and did maybe 1440p or whatever it is and uh and still do 60 or even like 50 frames a second or something i know there's a whole thing about yeah 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 the way frames divide that you can't do some of those middle steps but 
but no, I, I, I'd I agree with you. If there was if there was a way to get some more fluidity out of it, I would be very up for it. I, I just think that maybe Starfield is just one of those big, big games that is just going to have to sacrifice a lot to get it working yeah. in a way that is basically functional full stop. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, though. Uh, Redfall being chastised for the same thing, it's a much smaller game. It was a much smaller yeah. and, and less. I would say that because it came from a, a studio, well-renowned studio, but unfortunately wasn't maybe marketed as well. Like I have to admit when it came out, I was like, what is this game again? I've heard very yeah. little next yeah. to nothing about it. And maybe it was chastised because it was everyone was already dog piling on it for doing so. True. But the bigger question that I have is, why are developers having to tell you this up front like mm. they're, they're being like right guys it's gonna be 30 frames a second everyone's like boo boo it's like <laughs> like at the end of the day i just rather the game was made rather than we prejudged it on this thing like when it comes out review it on the quality then maybe i don't know well, the thing is, well no i agree because my my go-to with this is tears of the kingdom i mentioned this on the podcast with josh the other day is just like tears of the kingdom and same with breath of the wild runs extremely well for what it is there are mm-hmm. parts where it dips ridiculously yeah. but for the most part it's it's nice and smooth and it's hitting a consistent 30 i think for me the the um the middle ground is almost like is, is the consistency part of it mm-hmm. and even if something isn't as you know visually like high fidelity as zelda at least it runs well and it's responsive and it reacts to you well you're not yeah. chugging you're not missing frames in combat or something and um, like jedi survivor which is like an absolute ah, state yeah, in performance mode. um thankfully that thing's being patched again today so um maybe it'll be okay but like yeah i think if the frame rate actually gets in the way of the feel or the response then it's a bigger issue um but it's i think it's weird i think like you said getting out there after they've just shown it off and being like don't get too excited it's 30 fps yeah like, couldn't, couldn't that have like come out a bit later couldn't we have just had maybe. the pleasantry of just being like you finally get to see it in motion in action here mm-hmm. we go and i feel like setting up things like it's like whenever you have to do a presentation to your friends and you get a little bit embarrassed just before mm. you start and you're like, but, but I've not practiced, guys. Uh, so, so don't judge me too hard. I've got that. And you make a I load of excuses like- before. So yeah, people's expectations are like lowering to such an yeah. extent that they're almost like, well, what are you trying to hide now? Like, Well, that's the thing. I don't know if they're... Because Bethesda's whole thing used to be like this scrappy little studio that felt like they were making games in a garage and like, let's see how much they can get away with and whatever, whatever they can achieve. And I love that ethos of their, their core ethos of that company. And so I wonder if they're just getting out ahead of everything and being like, it's the guys like it's still going to be a couple of months away and mm-hmm. um, just deal with it now and then you're sort of not going in expecting that this big sort of because it's going to be right up against spider-man too like they're only yeah. a few weeks apart from each other i also thought as well that by listing this uh up front like that i mean yes it's great for transparency which we, mm. scott and i do call for a lot but mm-hmm. isn't that also implying that they're never going to try and fix that problem so basically it's like yeah it's locked at 30 and we're never going to try to push it beyond <laughs> that so therefore mm. you end up going like oh that's kind of disappointing because you're basically saying look look, that's the shortcomings uh, we're gonna go work on yeah. something else now we're never gonna try and improve this experience for you because we've told you up front well, that's the thing. They said like, it's an artistic choice to hit the 30 and then said they can optimize the graph. They can optimize and everything that's around That's a strange thing. one as well. An artistic choice. I what's, guess that's my... What's, it was... like, what's the other artistic choice? <laughs> like to, to have it on a variable 12? Ooh, lovely. I well, love it's it. like I, uh, I forget the name of the dude that's defending how terrible the flash looks, all the unfinished visuals that are in there that were in the unfinished yeah, version yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. shown to press months ago. And now the dude's out there going like, well, you know, when the flash is running around, things look different. The textures look different. Yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, that's the best PR messaging we could ever do. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I guess we'll see how things go with the likes of stuff and with the rest of the generation. But I think Digital Foundry, like John Linneman and Richard Ledbetter, who, who head up Eurogamer's Digital Foundry stuff, have long been saying the return of 30 FPS games are inevitable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know whether we just accept it sooner rather than later. I don't want to. But um, I think for Starfield, they'll probably do like a deluxe PC version later or something. Maybe. With the, the big rig version for later on. I wouldn't be surprised if like within a couple of minutes of being uh, unleashed to the public that there's some PC uh, mastermind that's found yeah. a way to unlock yeah. it. Like there will be a way of just somebody being like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. We'll have, we'll have it ready at 120 and your, your PC will be hovering for how much power it's going to be <laughs> sucking out. Just a quick question from me to you though. Are you looking yes. forward to it? Yeah, I am way more now. I didn't believe in that whatsoever going into I it. I was in the because... same field, brother. I was yeah. just like... <laughs> It's just because it's Bethesda and like the last game that I genuinely loved from them was Skyrim. I didn't yeah. like Fallout 4 very much. I barely played Fallout 76. I thought it was abysmal. Mm. Um, and it was just one of those things where I was like, are you guys past it? Are you just, are you reaching too much? You're not focusing on the fundamentals. And it's just one of those things where I was like, I'll wait and see. And then when they showed it off and that new theme came in, it's very like regal, yeah. the strings and that new music. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, there is a, a level of grandiosity to this that only they do that I haven't felt since Skyrim. And I just loved it. And I'm a sucker for sci-fi. I love like, it's almost Christopher Nolan style sci-fi. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah, very yeah. industrial um, and it's oh, very like operatic. And, do you know yeah. who I am? Um, who was the director who did um, Elysium and uh, District 9? Oh, Neil Blomkamp. Yeah, that's, I got a real big bang of his energy there because the way the guns were designed, it was like, yeah. it's functionality over form. And it was like, look, this gun doesn't need to look good. It's a square, like it's mm. a big block sort of thing. <laughs> but, but that's because it has all of these crazy bits of tech inside. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm really getting this we are on a knife's edge of having to create stuff as functionally efficiently as possible. And I was like, I really like this. I really well, do. Well, in, uh, in Interstellar, like they collaborated with uh, NASA researchers to design those robots that go down oh, yeah, to the yeah, planet. That's, that's that... why they were those weird shapes. Because yeah, they yeah. were like, okay, if you guys had infinite tech or whatever, what would you make? And they were like, that's the most functional version we could yes. do. So I wonder if there's, a, if there's other collaborations happened to put together Starfield's world and Starfield's tech. But yeah, I was like pleasantly surprised by it. My expectations were super low. Yeah. Um, and I guess we'll see what kind of version we get at launch. But I thought the amount they're showing it off, they seem pretty confident. And yeah. like, it's it's meant to have gone, uh, you know, it's feature complete kind of thing. They're just optimizing it now. So there was I guess a, we'll see. There was a few elements that I was a bit like, oh, okay, maybe I'll get a bit bored of this. I tell you what, I love the fact that we've gone back to the dialogue tree thing again, mm. rather than having the Fallout 4 pick your four things and not have a clue what your guy yes. is actually going to say. But I... <laughs> Um, I wasn't too keen on the uh, the gun combat looked quite slow. I found that yeah. like, like when it was when they were tracking targets, I don't know if they'd artificially slowed down the footage so that people could really like drink it in, mm. but it just seemed like I'm going to run quite slowly over to here <laughs> and you're like bang bang I bang. wonder if it's like a thing where you're unlocking speed perks and stuff like that, like oh, things to make it maybe. more responsive over time. I don't I hope not. I don't like it when a skill tree is just making something acceptable, but like obviously id software helped them on Fallout 4, so you'd assume that either they've learned those lessons or maybe mm, it'd have helped mm. them again or whatever but like yeah it seems very promising it's like it's it's an easy one of most anticipated games now and it definitely wasn't beforehand so i think it showed pretty confidently mm-hmm. um the question from metal fox now i don't uh, jules are you still watching aw are you still keeping up with the old i've dropped off AEW? mate unfortunately i've been way oh! too busy to drop it but I, I know roughly what's going on we got an aew question very quickly for the wrestling fans mm-hmm. in the audience for metal fox just saying who's going to win a forbidden door kenny omega or will osprey they're having their rematch yeah, big deal uh, thing is is that like I will always back Kenny Omega just because mm. I, I, I am one of the like mouthpieces that says he's the greatest wrestler in the world. I'll do the same. I, like, I, I, I think he's just absolutely amazing. He's so mm. entertaining, so fun. Will mm. Ospreay has already proven himself to be the next contender. Like he's, yes. he's in his shadow. I, is it time? Is it, I mean, most people would say that he's already come out from him and has struck his own path. I don't know what who gains what from winning the most mm. out of this, you know? 
Well, I, the thing is, like, for the non-wrestling fans, <laughs> I promise we'll move on soon. For the non-wrestling fans in the audience, there is a move that Kenny Omega does called the One-Winged Angel, very, mm-hmm. directly mm-hmm. inspired by Sephiroth. No one has ever kicked out of the One-Winged Angel. That's always this big thing in wrestling that it's, like, the most protected finisher. It's a whole thing. And um, he's kicked out of it when it's been used on him. Yeah. No one's ever done it. Yeah. So I wonder if Kenny, because they've had this long rivalry and they know each other really well Will in real life. Will be the first one. He lets him be the guy that kicks <laughs> out. I But uh, my personal take is that... Omega will win again because he won at the original one. Mm-hmm. Um, also, go watch that. If anyone hasn't seen that match, it was in um, their, their first clash was brilliant from earlier in the year. And Kenny comes out as Sephiroth. It's great. Anyway, um, there's that big London show later this year at Wembley Arena. And um, Are you gonna go to I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got tickets for oh, August. Nice. I can't w- nice. effing wait for that thing. Um, I wonder if they make this a trilogy of matches and um, Omega, yeah. sorry, Osprey wins in his home country um, at London because that would be like the ultimate thing. So I actually think Kenny's going to win if a bit door. Okay. Um, but I want Osprey to win, but I just, I don't know. Either, either way is good for me. They're both like phenomenal people. To be so. fair, even if you don't get the outcome that you uh, want, you could always uh, play that AW Fight Forever game whenever that drops. Hell yeah, uh, man. And that then you can that, recreate that thing, it then. It's out that's soon, out like isn't a it? Week and a bit, 29th or something? Yeah. Blimey. Okay. They started showing a lot enough. more of it too. Um, a question from Steve who says, Who is our Street Fighter 6 mains? There's is Kami because speed kills. See, Kami is, I'm learning this from uh, mm. playing religiously. Uh, she's great at that little chip damage. Have, you have to work hard to yeah. get her going though. Like, I mean, I'm noticing a lot of people are falling off of Marissa because of the fact that when she came out of the gates, she was an absolute powerhouse. But mm. because she's got quite simple combos, quite easy to read, you can work around her quite well. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of players doing well with Zangief, even though he is incredibly tough to master. He's, and, his grab feels like it breaks frames. Yeah. What like, is this? grabs you out of stuff same with uh, JP he's got an amazing yeah. ability where he can just be on the other side of the arena and just grab you with one of his stuff <laughs> and it's like um, thanks for that mate yeah. it, does, it has like next to no wind up as well so you're like oh right okay but yeah. what I'm I'm looking at I'm when I'm playing online Mm-hmm. I'm seeing the same characters come up again and again, and I'm starting to hate him. I hate Ken Masters. I'm sorry, oh, man. Like, I know he's your mate. No. Like, it's, it's because everyone, everyone's using him, man. Like he's just, he's, he's great. He's just like, there's next to no weaknesses in his play style at the moment. Mm-hmm. And he's so easy to pick up and use that mm-hmm. he's absolutely battered uh, uh, Rio off the top spot. Though. Yeah, totally. like, like he just, he just doesn't compete. They feel no. so distinctly different now, which is fantastic considering mm-hmm. what they started as that Ken is just leagues above him, man. My thing, my, yeah, my main's Ken. And that was who I always used to play as in Street Fighter 2. So I went, just went back to him. And I love all of his new moves. I love that thing he has. It's like down, uh, like forward and diagonal mm-hmm. and then kick where he sort of runs and does like a flip, like a sideways oh, sweep yeah, kick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you can charge it. And like I love that he has like a like down diagonal forward kick thing as well where you can sort of um, like go into different uh, combos and everything. And it's mm. like I've dominated with him so much that every time I try someone else, I'm nowhere near as good. And I just end up going back to Ken again, even it's- though I do really like Kami. And um, I have to keep trying Ryu. I tried Luke. I was like, I'll try some of the new people. Yeah. But they're just nowhere See, near as fluid as uh, Ken. Because Luke is meant to be the sort of like uh, the new intro of Ryu, basically, because it's just yes. like, yeah, yeah. Like, like it's go- he's basically going to take over the franchise and be the face of it. And you can see mm. why, like, because he's got like really, not not in a uh, bad way, average move set. Like mm. anyone can pick up him mm. and get something good out of it. And his sandblast mm. stuff is actually really quite useful. Mm-hmm. Um, but the character that I'm playing, having the most fun playing as, uh, I play a lot of JP, I play a lot of Jury, and I play a fair amount of Guile. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. I'm, maybe I'll say Guile is my favorite overall. But the, Any but, of those charge characters just throw me off. Like, I'm yeah, always like, but, I, can, I can do that stuff. I like the idea of preloading a move when you're coming out or something, you're in midair or whatever it is. Um, same with some of Chun-Li's stuff, but it's it's never as... Resp- I'm always kind of trying to play it like Tekken, yeah, so I, which I know yeah, is yeah. sacrilegious, but I'm just like, Tekken's my main fighting franchise other than MK. My biggest surprise hitter has been E-Honda because I never got on oh, with yeah. him in any other form that came out. Um, I thought that he was absolute garbage in a few of his instances. <laughs> but when he came in here, it was like, oh, bloody hell, all right, man. You've yeah, you play. can do loads of like just absolute punishing, just can't let someone escape kind of flurries. It's just that flying headbutt has next to no wind up, so you just like bang, bang, and you're yeah. like, okay, whoa, okay, man, I like this. <laughs> Have you done much of the story stuff in that? Because yeah, I've, I've like gone a few hours, way, but... way far into the story now. Like, okay. I'm, I was. I have had a good time. I can't say I've had a great time because it right. feels like uh, the most impressive feature of uh, Street Fighter Six's World Tour mode is that it's that the ability that when you start a fight, you are literally where you are fighting in that game world. And they've done a very good job of making the background reflect where you are. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Um, I didn't really enjoy all of the the fetch quest stuff. There was just way too yeah. many like pointless objectives that were just like, look, just run over here and run over there. We're literally wasting your time to do that. It's like, like I genuinely would have um, appreciated the game more if it had quick traveled you from one space to another, introduced to the character that you need to fight mm. and then fight them because mm. the open world element of running between uh, places when you are like level 20 maybe even level 10 most mm-hmm. of the random people that you come across they're never going to challenge you they only get like difficult the further you go off the off the uh, sort of beaten path so yeah. but all of the missions take you along the well-trod path so you're like oh i've got to run through <laughs> this square again where they're level five and i'm level 50 like come on yeah some of this stuff, like, I, I have a, such a soft spot for Tekken Force mode, like the idea of, like, yeah, fighting man. game mechanics yeah. against multiple people, which I know yeah. Capcom have done a, f- a few times before. But, like, yeah, when you take on, like, three or four dudes and you and it actually works where you're rotating and taking them all yeah. on, that can be really smooth and yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it kind of needs a button to fundamentally turn you because sometimes you're just attacking the wrong way when oh, you're getting jumps or whatever. You should see there's a clip that's doing the rounds at the moment of this poor player who, unfortunately, is going up against uh, three characters that are using E-Honda's moves with the 100-hand okay. slap. But, unfortunately, <laughs> 
family <laughs> because they end up all uh, desyncing and uh, operating off their own move sets. He's stuck in the corner and they're mm. doing the hundred hand slap. One finishes, another one starts, another <laughs> one finishes. Apparently it was something like he got hit with a 155 hit combo and he just got <laughs> white. He even like pauses the game to like, uh, to, to chug a few items and uh, then goes straight back in and he's just getting slapped again in the face. And it's like, oh man, that is bad. That thing just feels like it's broken. Like that whole yeah, thing yeah, you're finding them is they attack like through each other. Um, but yeah, Street Fighter Six so far is my game of the year. Like it's just yeah, it's it's so way, way, way up there. Um, I'm just absolutely loving my time with it. Um, question from Harry Paulette who says, have we listened to the new Avenged album and what do we think? It definitely should be experienced as a whole album demonstrating the capabilities <laughs> of storytelling and music rather than a series of traditional Avenged sevenfold bangers. Love you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Well, thank you very much. The thank Avenged you. album's divisive. Now, listen, divisive, this George. is the thing, my friend. I'm going to kiss you on the top of the head, give you a pat <laughs> because I bloody hated it. Oh, I hated it so bad. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like I'm this I think not, I like it more this, than you. But this yeah. is not me saying that like if you like this sort of stuff that you have bad taste. It's not that. It's just it isn't for me. Uh, right. whenever I listen to them, I go back to the good old days of like Backcountry and the Seventh Siren or whatever it was the one that was but the, the, Yeah, the, the Seventh Trumpet or whatever. Like I I love those ones and I mm. even got away with the self-titled uh, White album with I the, love that uh, like, thing. Like, yeah. I like that because that was them they basically cast off the shadows of being like, oh, we're not just like edgy teenagers anymore. Mm. We're actually just like kind of goofy and silly. And we're macabre. It was like Tim Burton-esque sort of over the top parody of goth at that point. And Mm. I kind of respected them for that because they were just like, let's have some fun. Then they Mm. went down like the bro metal thing with that whole... um, Oh, what was it called? The Kingslayer? Oh, the King. Uh, well, they Wake got the like King, the, the kids. There was something. Hail to the like, King was the one where they got hey, the download. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like it was just like, yeah, we just want to be Metallica, but slower. Yeah, and it was yeah, like, dude, uh, it, there was like that album, Hail to the King, was the one where every song was directly ripping someone else. There's like Coming yeah. Home, Zion Maiden. Um, there's the one that's very Guns and Roses. There's the uh, Metallica stomp on that sounds like Sad but True. And like, that yeah. what, that upset me that album because there was some, wasn't that the song quality was bad mm. it was the fact that they were just like you know what we're just going to be a stadium band we're not going to try mm. and push ourselves creatively we're just going to do literally the greatest hits mm-hmm. and so you go that'll make you love the new stuff though because then that's the that's the most indulgent creative stuff they could I, do i don't because it feels like they're just aping devon townsend a lot they're right. just they're, just, tr- that, they're yeah. just trying to go places but they're forcing themselves to basically it's like we're being creative and original it's like you're not really you're actually chasing <laughs> something that's already been quite well established but what did you um you know think credit, credit the, to them for at least trying something different because they could have just yeah. knocked out another greatest hits volume two effectively yeah yeah totally that's my thing is i i love that it exists it's i don't hate it i don't love it either i couldn't get through it on a first listen mm-hmm. i had to bail on it for a bit um it's funny because there's an interview with m shadows where he says their manager hated it and then it, it, it took him like three weeks of trying it over and over again and eventually the guy came back to shadows and was like oh okay actually no it's, it's i've got it it's clicked i'm good but i, I need also, to sell this so yeah. okay i also think that that's a bit of like a misnomer as to the quality of a song because mm. you could listen to if say you're driving to work every single day and you're trapped in your car with like this bad song that comes up on the radio mm. the first time you listen to it you turn it down and hate it second time you listen to it because you're in the same place and you're trapped and you have to listen to it you're like okay I know this song now third time I'll yeah. start humming along with it and then earworm it becomes this it becomes that and then by the end of it you're singing along and you've convinced yourself that you like it <laughs> but only through familiarity you've basically got the uh, audio version of Stockholm Syndrome I was just going to say it's like, like Stockholm Syndrome <laughs> It, it, it's not good. It's, it doesn't mean that no. it's a quality piece of music. You've basically just, through overexposure, grown to live with it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think th- that's a good thing for a band. 
No, I think if you, it, you can, you have to be able to tell if you're just convincing yourself it's good because yeah. you're a super fan, or if it, there are actually parts that you genuinely like resonate with. There are quite a, a few good riffs in there. I like a lot of um, Sinister Gates. All the band names, I know, Sinister so Gates' funny. guitar solos are incredible. Um, but yeah, what did you did you follow Devin Townsend's solo thing when he did Empath? Not the Devin Townsend project, but the thing where it was. Just oh yes, Devin yeah, he Townsend. went off and did that. I didn't actually uh, listen to. I listened to the one with the music video with the tons of cats. Is that the one it was? Uh, that that was the. I think that was Empath. That was whatever yeah. the lead single was. Yeah. That was. Interesting. <laughs> I was just sat there just going like, wait, what am I watching? And I don't yeah. usually say that with Devin Townsend because you know what you're getting into usually by that. But I was like, even this is a bit much, man. Like- See, I, I always like, and it's why I'm a Kojima fan, I always like unrestrained like uh, authorship yes. or artistry yes. or whatever. And I'll just see how it lands later. But that Devi album was very much him just going every last idea he had, yeah. um, which I really liked it. But it was it's, that's what the Avenged one reminded me of because they're just so spiraling and all well, over the place. It, another thing recently, that blew my mind is like there's a guy called um, Mark DeMarco I believe Mm -hmm. his name is um, and he released an album recently that had 200 tracks okay and I was like no one has no one one has 200 good songs in their entire life like bands that have been around since like your dad's era are not making 200 <laughs> good songs. And he thought, nah, I'll just pop them all on one album, mate. Absolute banger. Banger see, after banger is, after banger. I do like the idea of, like, I remember Bring Me the Horizon, Ollie Sykes saying, like, because record labels aren't dictating album cycles anymore and because you can self-publish yeah. and you can get your stuff on Spotify, the idea of what an album is is completely detonated and they don't need to worry about putting a, a 10, you know, like a record label contract amount of songs out. They can just put EPs out or singles yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that's why his want. EP from the Bring Me the Horizon one, which mm. was the um, the one with the, uh, he released the over down. thing yeah yeah post survivalist or whatever it was that that was great because there was yeah. no sort of middle manager getting in the way it was just the band recording stuff to get through lockdown and i was True. like yeah yeah this is sick <laughs> well that's what i mean it's like i guess that's assumedly what that demarco dude's going for where he's like well i'm not answering to anybody i'll put 200 songs out maybe he should he should answer <laughs> for his yeah. crimes <laughs> maybe he should question from Corel type shaw who says scott and jules i've played quite a bit of demos recently resident okay. evil 4 lies of p final fantasy 16 oof, and it made oof. my purchasing decisions much easier should triple a games have have more demos. Yes. 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 They yes, should. <laughs> yes. There is, there is who out there saying no, because like <laughs> you, you need to have something uh, that gives you a snippet of what you're playing. Uh, mm-hmm. As long as it is a genuine snippet and not like a um, brutal legend style thing where it's a falsification. Where it's misleading. Of what it was. Yeah. yeah it's misleading. But I do think that it's really important. And I've heard as well that the Final Fantasy 16 demo, you carry a save across when you go yes. through. So anything that lets you skip that section as well, mm-hmm. or that prologue or starts you with a bit of a bonus, that's even mm-hmm. better. That's that's the that's the publisher saying thank you for supporting us and Honestly, here is a I reward to, yeah need to shout out the way square enix have started handling demos capcom mm-hmm. did a little bit too with the resident evil 2 demo and i mentioned this on a podcast with josh but i just want to just keep reiterating the way square enix are doing it where their code has gone final the discs are being printed the mm-hmm. game's going to be that's mm-hmm. it's done it's locked and then they siphon off like an opening couple of hours or whatever and just give you the finished code uh, with a timer on it or whatever um octopath travelers demo sorry it's um triangle strategies demo yeah. lets you play like 8 hours and you can just you can just play like the that's whole crazy like it's tons. Like I just played loads of that um, for free and it's just on Switch for free. And so I, I like the idea of um, an approach to demos not being the vertical slice thing, not impacting development, but just siphoning off the, the start of a game and letting yeah. you play that and giving you a timer and then you can just go into the, the full one. Kind of what Xbox Live used to do with all the little smaller games. You've got to be careful though because you could end up with the demo that was, uh, was it a Yakuza game where they mm. released it? Oh, they it put was, the whole thing on it there. It was the whole game <laughs> and then uh, Sega was like very uh, sheepishly like, um, can you guys download the uh, patch that locks yeah. you out of the rest of the game, please. And everyone's like, nope. <laughs> Can you patch yourselves out of the game? It's like, no, thank um, you. I'll keep a free game. Cheers, Sega. 
Jules, my laptop seems to randomly be dying. The fans are going off. I've got 6% battery. All signs are telling me that we should wrap this podcast. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> I don't want it to eat the entire recording. Um, so apologies for a bit of a shorter UBP this week, but we'll, we'll maybe do a longer one next week. Yes. Who can tell? We'll, yeah. we'll figure it out as we go. For now, this has been the Entitled Banter Podcast, the UBP, the UBP. UBP. The UBP. I've been Scott Tilford. That's been Jules Gale. I have indeed. Big love to you all. <laughs> Massive thank you to everybody. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.